Hey there, Bulldogs, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. This is your host, Carla Quintanilla. I am a marketing major at the sales class of 2021, and I am so delighted to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing current students like you about the endless possibilities beyond college. Prepare to be inspired through the incredible stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journey. We are here to help you spark your career curiosity and encourage you to begin exploring your future possibilities. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this week's guest. Okay, we welcome Dana today. Hi, Dana. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. It is such an honor to have another one of our alumni join us on the podcast of Beyond the Tassel today. Uh, and so, Dana, we'll just dive right into your your life and uh, to get to know a little, get to know you a little bit better. So, um, Dana, you graduated in 2014, correct? And and you graduated in marketing. So, talk to us about your experience uh, in business school. Right, you you stayed at Gambit uh, for most of the, your time at the sales and. Tell me about how, what was your experience uh, in the business major? First of all, I believe you told me that you switched majors, right, from journalism to marketing. So tell us about what made you switch and then how was your experience um, in, in business school? Sure, absolutely. So I actually started at DeSales before Gambit existed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Way back. Yeah. So uh, when I started DeSales, I was really looking to go into communications or journalism. And it was actually like the summer before I even went to DeSales. I just thought, you know what? Let's do marketing. It sounds so much more fun. It sounds so much more interesting. And I felt like it was a much broader career path that would let me do so, so many more things. So when I started at DeSales, um, the thing that really sold me on DeSales University over, you know, any other school that I looked at was that the business faculty told me, you will have an internship before you graduate. And mm -hmm. I was coming out of high school not long after the housing market crashed. And so the economy wasn't great. And I knew that internships were really important. And so that was the selling factor for sales for me. So wow. I got started as a marketing major. I did actually come in then as a marketing major. Mm -hmm. And they built Gambit halfway through my time at DeSales. <laughs> so <laughs> I waited to take finance until Gambit was completed because I knew I'd get to go in the stock ticker room, which just seems so cool. Yeah. But I, I, my overall experience was really great with the faculty at DeSales because I felt like I had a personal connection with every one of them. And I spent a lot of time in all of their offices asking questions and staying after class. And I took so many classes with some of the same faculty. So I really liked that I got to have sort of a relationship with all of them beyond just, oh, you're some random student that's in my class and then I'll never talk to you again. So it was really great to have that experience. But my favorite thing about the faculty at DeSales was that all of them come from the business world and all of them have worked out in the real world before they came and decided to come back into higher education and teach. And so I love that they could give real world examples and bring right. that real world perspective to everything that they taught us, because that was something, you know, you don't get at every school. A lot of Absolutely. faculty 
go on, get their PhD, and then just go right into teaching. And the sales faculty worked, they were vice presidents at huge companies running international accounts before they came back and started teaching. And so I I really love that about business at DeSales. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. You know, as a marketing major as well, I see that. I see that. First of all, being in a smaller school, we have that opportunity to build our relationship with our professors, which is super important. And I encourage anybody listening, you know, really, like if you have your favorite teacher, contact them more than just your your classes, you know, see how you're doing. They can certainly help you find an internship as well. And that's very important in, in a small school that uh, big schools don't have because at a bigger school, it's harder to build that relationship with your professors as, as you have more students in your class and everything like that. And like you said, it's so nice to to have professors who have been in the field um, that they're teaching before because they give you some world perspective that they've lived through. So couldn't agree m- more with you, Dana. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking about uh, real world perspective, um, you know, when you what was your perspective of marketing when you started studying marketing at school? And now that you've been in the industry, um, and first of all, just tell us a little bit more about what you, what marketing means to you in your industry um, and things you've, you've like realized that you're like, oh, wow, I actually di- didn't get taught that in, in classroom. <laughs> I learned it now. Or listen, it's, it's, a, it's a much broader thing. So tell us a little bit more about your perspective in marketing. Sure. Yeah. So when I was in school, I guess, let me start with explaining what what my job is. So I work for the consortium of the six independent colleges and universities in the Lehigh Valley. Uh And the role that I'm in now didn't exist when I started working there. So there really wasn't any definition of marketing or communications or even thinking about messaging or branding or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And when I was in school, you know, a lot of what you learn about marketing is how to research, how to really understand your audience. And that's something that absolutely in the real world, that is so, so, so important. I just spent, you know, two weeks ago, I spent like a, a week straight researching just census data on the Lehigh Valley to understand, you know, who lives here, who works here, what do they do, who are they, what's their education level, and right. that was all very, very common when I was a student. The thing that's different about the real world is that it's not so clean cut. It's not so, mm. you know, you you go up, and I felt like during my time at the sales, I was giving presentations every single week, and I had this picture in my head of working in a big boardroom and coming in and standing at the head of the table and being like, here are sales figures for this month. And that's so, so, so not what the real world is. And it really depends on the industry, the size of the organization you're working for. And it depends on your, your leadership team and what they want. And do they understand the words that you're saying when you come up and say, you know, here's where our engagement was this week. You have to define what engagement means. And here's where, you know, there was no belief in social media. When I started my organization, there was no social media. And I came in as a fresh college graduate and was like, social media, why do you not have a Facebook page? And so (laughs) it's like things like that, that you would just think like, okay, when you're a student, of course, I'm going to work at a company that has a Facebook page. And of course, we're going to know, you know, who our audience is and who are our followers. And I just, that was something that was so just foreign to me. And so that was, you know, probably one of the biggest shockers coming into 
the real world of marketing. And I, and I will add that my job, while it's marketing, it's so many other things. And right. so I do, I have the chance to do what we would call marketing in that I'm, I'm creating collateral and sharing it, researching our audiences, targeting messaging, managing branding. But what I do is a lot more communications and project focus in a way that I didn't know was a possibility when I was a student. Uh, so that's something that, you know, going into, I was, I was not in an advertising concentration. I wasn't in a communications concentration. And so those were all things that I missed when I was an undergrad. I had, you know, a dual major in business administration and marketing. And so I had a lot more focus on management than I did on just overall concepts of communications that I, I just learned on the fly. And uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's the same and different, you know, in, in yeah. school, you learn certain things and there are skills that you will absolutely take with you. But once you get into the real world and you have to stand in front of your coworkers and explain, this is, you know, our communications plan. And they're like, well, why? <laughs> and yeah. you have to defend that in a way that your professor wouldn't push you on or it, yeah. so it really depends. It depends on the organization, the industry, your team, all of it. It all varies all the time in the real world. Yeah. And I love, I love that you say like the, first of all, you didn't even think that this kind of job that you have now existed. And so to me, that's a wonderful thing because there are so, the world is so abundant and there are so many opportunities for us as students when we graduate, that is not just a straight path. And I'm, I'm just so faithful that all of us are going to find what I call my, our little corner of the sky that we'll find something just like you that you're like, I had no idea I was going to end up here, but now I love it. Or I think it's so immersive and I learned so much from it. And so thank you so much for sharing that and, and seeing, you know, your perspective of, of the differences between that. And I think both of them are helpful and we learn as we go and we gain experience. So for those of us listening who are worrying a little bit about what should I be learning? What should I not, there's, there's so much, there's so much that we will be learning even after college. So, well, with that said, um, I want to, I want to transition a little bit about internships. And so you know, part of the reason why you chose the sales was because they gave you opportunities to uh, get an internship. And so you actually interned with Kristen Eichholz, and she is now um, our director at the Career Development Center. So I know that back in 2014 or whenever you were at, at the sales, we didn't have as, as big of a department in the Career Development right. Center now. So tell us about how did that all that all that start and how were you, how did you meet Kristen and, um, you know, what led you to accept the internship? And then just tell us about your most, um, memorable project that you worked with her during that summer that you did the internship. Sure. So I was so young and had so much hope <laughs> when I was a student at DeSales. So I actually, in my time at DeSales, I graduated in three years. I was a little um, overachiever. But when I met Kristen, it was actually through the LEAD DSU program. I'm not sure if that's still a program at DeSales, but at the time it was a leadership development program for what they called sophomores and juniors. I was in my second year at DeSales, so I sort of fit into the category of a, of a sophomore junior more. Uh, so I was completing the program. One of the sessions that was required was going to a resume writing workshop. And so I went to campus. I, you know, went in and uh, I had this presentation from Kristen, who I'd never met before. 
And it was actually called the Career Services Office at the time. And the Career Services Office was the scariest place on campus. I was absolutely never going to walk in there. And I was like, I will go talk to these people when I am in my last semester and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, And that was really, really naive of me. But I went to this presentation and at the end, Kristen gave a really great presentation about resume writing. Mm -hmm. And I, at the time, had just started thinking about, you know, I, I really... I like marketing. I don't like sales. I really like event planning. And that was sort of the world I knew. And so I was really thinking hard about going into event planning as a career. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, reached out to, you know, some people and talked to them and they were like, you want to be an event planner in the Lehigh Valley? And that's exactly what I wanted to do was stay in the Lehigh Valley and be an event planner. And I'm a Lehigh Valley native. I, you know, this is my home. This is, you know, grow here, start here, learn here, all of it. And so I didn't want to move to Philadelphia, uh, which was really probably the most feasible thing to do. Um, But I went through this presentation and at the end of it, Kristen said, I'm actually looking for an event planner intern for this summer. So if you know anybody, please let me know. And I literally dropped everything and ran up to her at the end and said, hi, my name is Dana and I really want to be your intern. And she was so gracious and was just like, yeah, okay, come have an interview. And and so that was actually how it started. And um, that was a really, really great first experience for me. So I, that was at the beginning of the spring semester of my second year. And so by that summer, I was interning with her doing event planning and marketing for her office. And at the time we had, I I believe now it's called career fest. It used to be a really big open house. And so I got free reign of hosting our open house and planning that whole event. And that was probably my favorite moment in the career center because it was the first event of the year. It was the first week of classes and we hit, you know, record numbers of students and, you know, record numbers of employers that came in and everything was awesome. And I had worked so hard and it was just so great. And Kristen actually allowed me to stay on for the full year until I graduated. And so I was sort of a career ambassador. So I would take appointments. And when there weren't appointments, I was doing event planning and marketing for the office. And so Mm -hmm. she gave me a really awesome experience. And that was what led to my second internship. And then, you know, that, that sort of got me credentialed in the event planning world. You know, I don't just have a marketing degree. I actually had some real world experience doing this. And here are the numbers of the students that I got to get to come to events. And here's how many hours I spent doing logistics and all that stuff that right. you, know, you wouldn't necessarily get if you didn't have an internship in that. Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh, that's, that's wonderful. And I, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because hands-on learning is so important as well. Like it's not just the theory behind marketing, it's literally getting to do it and experiencing what are the outcomes. And, and I'm, and it's how fun you got to start all of that with the career fest. And now like, I personally look forward for career fest every year. And I think it's so valuable for all of us students. So yay. I mean, I'm so happy that it came from you. I'm sure we still implement (laughs) things you do. So that's so, so great. Um, So yeah, I was going to ask you about your uh, experience at, as a career ambassador, but now that we've talked about everything, what, what was your, I guess, most memorable moment with the career development center or maybe something that you really still cherish about when you worked there do you have anything yeah yes I do so I that first summer when I was working at the career development center so it was me and Kristen and that was the whole office uh she had a 
administrative assistant who was a 10 month employee that she shared with another department. And so that was the whole career center. And it was just me and Kristen the whole summer. And she was so awesome, but also so busy. So she kind of just let me, you know, I'd come to her and be like, Hey, I want to do this. She'd be like, go for it. Um, (laughs) And that was, that was really awesome. But I would say that summer was really probably it was terrifying for me because it was like, oh my gosh, this is my first real gig. Like this is my first real professional job. That's not part time. And I'm not, you know, working at the library on campus. And so that summer was really the first time I I got used to working in an office. And I would say probably the most valuable experience of my time at the sales was that summer because I had to learn how to work in an office and I had to learn this is how the mail works. And this is how we answer the phone. And this is how we run our database full of student data. So before there was the card swipe for students to come in, everything was sorted in an access database. And I was the one running it for that summer. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to delete everything. And it's terrifying. But it, that, that summer really gave me the self-confidence to know, you know, you think about it your whole life. You picture what it's going to be like when you get out of college and what it's going to be like to work in an office. And I just learned that summer and my, my current boss has told me several times, part of the reason I have my job is because she knew I knew how to work in an office because I interned in offices where they made me do all the things that office people do. So you have to sort of break out of that bubble and learn, you know, this professional skills that you wouldn't get otherwise. And I would say it's probably my favorite moments are probably tied between when I learned how to use the access database and they told me if I deleted anything, I would probably, you know, be asked to leave. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, holy crap, this is real. Um, And my second favorite moment was probably when we had our open house and I saw how many students were lined out, out of dueling down the parking lot, waiting to come in and just like attend this event that I got to plan. And so those were probably the two best experiences I had in that office. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Just seeing your project come to fruition is, I bet, so fulfilling. So, oh my God, I love learning about your story because <laughs> as a career ambassador too as well, like I'm very excited to be able to have those moments as well. And I think that as as a career development center right now, because now there's 18 of us. Before it was just Dana. Yeah. Now there's 18 Dana. It's, it's crazy. When I yeah. see you guys on Instagram, I'm like, holy crap, how many people <laughs> does she have in the office now? And how does she keep track of everyone's name? Because like there, right. when I was graduating was when Melanie Valone was getting hired. So wow. I was actually, I got to be on the search committee for Melanie's position, but that position didn't exist when I was a student there. And so I was like walking out the door graduating graduating and Mel was getting hired and coming in. And I was so excited for the students after me. Cause I was like, Oh, this is such a great addition. And then Mm -hmm. Kathy came in and like the, and then Aubrey and the staff has just been amazing. And I am, I am so happy that you guys have the the office that you have now because Kristen is amazing. Right. Having so many extra hands has made that office just really flourish. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm so happy with the, with the team that we have. And Kristen is amazing. All the pro staff, I love them so much. And as a, and I think most of us have the culture of like, we are honored to be holding this position and we love, and we just like you, we are passionate about it and we know it's going to benefit us in the long run. So yes. And anybody listening, if you are interested in applying for career ambassador, please come to the career development center and we will let you know how to do so. Um, but 
Anyways, Dana, let's talk about, well, you had this amazing experience at the sales and then you graduated. It was time to graduate and actually find a job. So tell us about your experience uh, with your job search. What was that like? Uh, and then how did you find the job that you're in right now? Okay. Yeah. So for anybody who is graduating and doesn't know what they're going to do, oh my goodness, been there. Um, so like I said, I wanted to go into event planning. And so I was in the job search club and we, I met with Kristen constantly. She reviewed my resume. She reviewed all my cover letters. She helped me get ready for every interview I had. And between her and the other career ambassadors, we really worked as like a network for each other of support of just, you know, what are you doing for your job search? Here's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I will say probably one of the most anxiety ridden times of my life was sitting there the last semester of college and seeing all of my classmates taking job offers at these amazing companies. And I was just like, how do you know what you want to do? Right. <laughs> this place where you're like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And I was so envious of those accounting majors who were like, I'm just going to go work at a big four and I'm going to be an accountant and I'm going to get my CPA and that's my plan. And I was like, what, how do you have a plan? So yeah. I, I feel like I was so overwhelmed and so terrified. And I went on so, so, so many interviews, probably at least three dozen interviews in my last semester of college oh that really just nothing felt like the right fit. And yeah. I would go to an interview and before I even got a call back, I would email them and be like, you know what, this isn't it. Thank you for your time, but I don't want this job. And so it was really hard for me to, you know, I was, I was applying to a job, not, not similar to the economic situation we're in now, but the economy was not great in 2014 mm -hmm. and there were not a huge amount of jobs out there. And so I really struggled turning down opportunities, but I just, nothing felt right in my gut. And so I was graduating and had no idea what I was going to do, but I told everybody I was going to be an event planner. And so I was going to, I was going to be an event planner. And uh, <laughs> I actually got a call about a week after graduation. And it was from a woman who used to work at the sales who I had met through a marketing project that I had to do, but she used to work in residence life. Okay. And she was then working at Elvaic, the consortium I work at now. And she reached out to me and just said, hey, I know, I know you're graduating. I know you're a great student. We have this part-time temporary office coordinator position open. If you're interested, let me know. Mm. And I was still in this place of like, I'm going to be an event planner. I don't want to be an office coordinator. That sounds so stupid and whatever. Mm. And so I was like, thank you, but no, thank you. Bye. And yeah. I told my mom about it. And my mom was just like, are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> so I had to turn around and go back to her and be like, actually, I'm so sorry. Please, um, <laughs> if you are willing to let me come in, I would love to have an interview. And so they interviewed me and I just thought, you know what? Okay. This is my summer internship. I'm going to spend the summer looking for a job. I'm going to make some money. It's going to be fine and I'll figure it out. And so I took this opportunity and I was immediately in love. <laughs> with the job and the work that I got to do and working with, I, I never considered this side of higher education when I was a student. So when I thought about working in higher ed as a student, I was like, maybe I'll be an admissions counselor somewhere, or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't have a master's. Maybe I'll think about, you know, taking a year and then going to grad school and studying student affairs or something. And so higher ed was on my radar, but not in this way at all. And so I started working at the consortium. I spent the summer applying to jobs, interviewing places. And it was the same thing. I experienced, you know, my whole last semester of college, nothing was the right fit. And I had 
offers from really, really great companies. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a customer service person and I don't want to answer phones and just, you know, do whatever. Whereas at the consortium, we had a really small staff and there was a lot of opportunity to just get your hands in whatever you wanted to get your hands in. And my executive director got to the end of the summer and she said, you know what, your, your position is, you know, coming to a close, but we would love for you to stay on permanently. We haven't really found someone that's the, the right fit for the job that you're in. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I don't really have any other options. So sure, I will stay on. Oh, <laughs> and so I stayed on part time and I actually got a job at the PPL Center in downtown Allentown. Okay. And I was event staff. And so I really, I, I was like, I'm not letting go of this event planner dream. And so right. I was at concerts and hockey games and professional bull riding and people, you know, screaming in my face because their beer spilled and all of those <laughs> great things that come with hosting an event. And I was like, you know what, maybe this side of event planning is not what I want to do. Like maybe I don't want to get screamed at because people are upset about their food and whatever. Mm. And so I, you know, I worked to make some extra money, keep myself busy. And there were so many days when I would, I would be working at the office and run home and change out of my suit and change into my event staff clothes and run down to the PPL center and work until 1130 midnight and then go back to the office the next day. And so I was doing that for a couple months and someone at the consortium left and that created an opportunity for me to become full-time. And so I I left my job at the PPL center and I came on full-time at the consortium as an event coordinator and found that we do a ton of events. And so I was really in charge of, you know, I was doing all kinds of event planning for professional development. But then my boss was like, Hey, we really need to do rebranding. We need a new logo. We need a new website and you have a marketing degree. So have at it. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And so my job has changed so, so, so much in the time I've been there, but that was how I got here. And, you know, in the time I've been here over six years now and this job is not what it was six years ago. It's not what I ever thought I'd be doing. And it's not a job I thought even existed when I was coming out of college. And so I would say it's it's all of those things. And yeah. I, I sort of just fell into it. You know, I, I don't know how, I don't know how more perfectly the pieces could have aligned. It was really yeah. just like, and and here I am. And here I am. <laughs> history. Wow, that's fascinating. Oh my gosh. I mean, think about just the idea of also staying open to that. Like you had one vision in mind and you try to manifest that. And when when you were finally there, you're like, wait a minute. Like, again, I I don't think, you know, it is what it is for me. And you, and you stayed open to this opportunity, which kept knocking on your door instead of, (laughs) you know, the opposite. And you're like, all right, I'll stay in and look how wonderful. So, um, so let's talk about, because I want to know a little bit more about Elvaic. I think this is a great people, a great way for people to learn about Elvaic in case um, our current students are interested in the organization, maybe want to do an internship or maybe um, even eventually work there. So well, I would love to learn about um, the idea of branding an organization and how, what was the process of rebranding Elvaic? Tell us about some highlights with that, some like, some learning experiences, maybe some obstacles you've overcame through that. And and what was the team like when you were, when you went through this process? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it, it was, it was hard. Uh, I really had no idea what I was doing and, you know, I kept falling back on, you know, why didn't I ever learn this in school? But it's not mm-hmm. something that you learn. It's something that you, you sort of just do. And so when I started at Elvaic, our logo was this, like, it looked like a Greek temple 
It was like six <laughs> pillars with like a triangle on. T- it was clearly made in like paint, office paint, oh, like gosh. in 1990. And I then I actually found some old meeting minutes where they were like, yeah, we made this in paint in 1990. And I was like, wow, great. That's oh my awesome. So um, <laughs> we started with talking about what is the message we want to send people and mm-hmm. what is the mission of our organization. And that was something that we really had to, I ended up going to several graphic designers and being like, our mission is collaboration and bringing people together and connectedness. And we want a logo that says that. And so they were like, what? (laughs) So we, we spent a lot of time talking to a lot of graphic designers and, and I got to go through my first RFP process or request for proposal process. And that's something that happens a lot of the time in the world that you don't really learn about in school. Like you hear it as one of the vocab words in a textbook, but it's really going through the process of reaching out to vendors and being like, here's what we need and what can you offer and give us a proposal and, and let's talk about that. So I got to go through this whole RFP process and I worked really closely with graphic designers and really closely with our office team. So our, our office has five full-time people okay. and those people were all a very different personalities and different ideas of what collaboration meant because they all worked in really different areas of higher education. Mm. And it was like everything down to the font and the color and, you know, what font size will we use and what's our letterhead going to look like. And so when we went through that process, it was very tedious, but it was also a really great learning experience because I learned so much about relationship management that I had never even considered as being a really important part of project management or of communications or marketing. But having to sit down with each one of the people on our staff and really understanding, you know, what does this mean to you? And what's your initial reaction? What do you think about when you see this? And does it, does it tell you this? And if it doesn't tell you this, what would tell you this? And so it was, it took about a year to go through that whole process and get to a place where we had actual guidelines for what our brand was and how we would use them. And so, and I am absolutely crazy about making sure people stay on top of our brand guidelines. If I see somebody who yeah. uses my logo and smushes it, you better believe I'm jumping on the phone and calling <laughs> them and being like, take that down right now. Like either use it right or don't use it. And so right. it's, it's been, it's been a long journey, but we are, you know, we're branded now. We have a great logo And that really led us into the process of redesigning our website, which was even more of a bear. Uh, But I still remember it was September 15th, 2016 was the day our website went live. And that was, you know, the biggest project I had gotten to work on in my professional career. And it was so rewarding to see that finally come to fruition. But going through every detail about, you know, here's what our website needs to tell people. And here's how, here's the audiences that use it. And here's what they think. And here's what we want them to know. And so Mm -hmm. we had to go through a full communications planning process to really understand what our website needed to look like. And then we needed to develop all the content for what would be on the website. And so Mm -hmm. we had a website that was, I want to say 141 pages of content from the old website when I started. And I was like, you know, in my gut, that just seems like a lot, but there's not really guidelines for that. So I had to read a lot of books. I had to really educate myself. Mm-hmm. I had to meet with a lot of people that do websites. And I actually met with the, the people who do the website at the sales and said, you know, if I wanted to rebuild a website, what would I need to know? And 
I met with the people at all of our colleges in the consortium and asked the same question and got such great feedback from them. And that was really what drove me to understanding what needs to happen for a website. And then that drove yeah. us to an RFP process for our website as well. And so we, we have a, a functional website now. It's, it's yeah. a constant curation process. I'm always on our website fixing stuff and editing. And again, not something I ever considered for a marketing job. I always That's thought so like, I'm going to be making like sales ads and stuff. I never right. even thought about websites. And so that's sort of that's our branding process is a, yeah. a big picture. And we have, we have a marketing plan. We have a communications plan and we, we run that plan and then we redo it every year. We, we come back to our center and say, you know, what are our goals? What do we need people to know? How are we going to tell them? And we even test it. We, we do quasi focus groups with different audiences and say, you know, if I said this to you, what does it mean? And if I wanted to make sure you heard this, what would I have to say to you? And that's mm-hmm. sort of the, that relationship piece that, that drives a lot of the work that I do that I had never even thought about needing to be good at. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much. And I love where everything you're saying relates to me just because I'm a marketing major and stuff, but I hope there's some, um, business majors as well. Just thinking about small organizations, um, will go through all the same things that, companies go through sometimes as well. And I'm so happy, first of all, that you were able to to establish your brand identity, which is so important. And that's one thing I learned this year with my internship. Um, like it comes down to the font, to the color you use and everything. And it's tedious sometimes. I, I had the opportunity to do the same, like work on the um, brand rebranding um, for an event planning company. And this is really quick because I don't want to talk too much about myself, but it literally, I, I sat in a meeting some one day and she's like, the font has to be this all the way around. You're going to have to change like everything that you did. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I didn't think about those things. Many of the many things behind a brand and behind a company is comes down to minor details. So my next question to you is speaking about a smaller firm, a smaller organization. Um, what, did, what do you think is one top quality that you need or almost you need to to grow into just to be able to quote unquote survive in a small organization, because like you said, you do a little bit of everything. Sometimes you do it at all. And so what would you recommend a student who's looking into going into a small organization? What do you recommend they really work on and be able to harness even in school? Sure. Yeah, that is, that is really something that depends on the student and their fit. And I was always much more comfortable in smaller organizations. So it felt like the right fit for me to be working in a small office. But there are there are a couple of pieces of information I would love to share. And those are, you know, never be afraid to stop growing. Never be afraid to take on a new project. If you don't think you're ready, that's when you're ready. If you're mm-hmm. thinking, you know, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to start. That's when you dive in and you dive in head first and you say, you know what, I can do this. And so, you know, Never be afraid to take on a new project. Never be afraid to keep learning and never be afraid to speak up. I know that's really intimidating when you're first coming out of school and and you're new and you don't have a lot of experience, but those are the voices in the room that really matter. And, you know, the the incoming generation is really, really, really important in this workforce and having the courage to speak up and say, you know, here's why I actually disagree or here's why I think we shouldn't do that way or here's an idea I have and, you know, forgive me if I'm speaking out of turn, but this is actually something that could really work. And so you have to be self-confident. You have to have courage to step up 
And I would really say be open. Don't say no. Don't close the door Mm -hmm. on different kinds of opportunities. You know, I, I went to my boss and I said to her, I want to, I want to go back. I want to keep learning. I want to go get my master's degree. I want to go get certified in event planning. And she was like, why do you want to work in event planning? And I was like, because I'm an event planner. Of course I want to work in event planning. And she was like, well, think about your career. You know, think about four steps out. Where do you want to be? What office do you want to be sitting in? And do you want to have an event planning certification? Is that going to get you from here to there? Or do you want to be a project manager? And she saw stuff that I never saw in myself. She, she made sure I knew like, here are the skills that you're good at. And I, if I hadn't been open to that, would never have gone down the path I'm going down now. And so I had gone on and I, I had the opportunity to get my certification in project management. And then after that, I had the opportunity to go get my MBA and that has opened so many more doors for me in, in a world. So now, you know, now my job is a huge part of data analytics. I never thought about that when I was, you know, coming out of school and thinking I was going to be an event planner, but I run easily 50 events a year and that's just a small piece of what I get to do. And so I would say definitely never close the door, be open, keep learning and don't be afraid to speak up because that is where your space is going to be is where you create it. You, you can't just, you know, sit quietly at a table and expect opportunities to come to you. You have to go, you have to go get them. And if you, if you see a gap, go fill it because then you become the person that does that. And, and that's a really great opportunity that happens in small organizations that doesn't get to happen everywhere. And I would say probably my favorite part about my job is that everything I do is focused on, you know, I, I went to my executive director and said, these are my goals. Here's where I want to go. And she was like, here's work we have. And here's how I can see that relating to those goals. And so I sort of get to pick the projects I get to work on. And awesome. it's really dependent on, you know, what I'm good at and what I want to learn and where I want to go. And she has my back and she will always make sure if, you know, if there's something you want to learn, let's teach it to you. Let's make sure you, you get there. And yeah. that is something that never, ha- I shouldn't say never, almost never happens in huge companies. And, and it happens constantly in my office. And awesome. I get to work in every area of everything that we do. And when I, you know, when I bring in interns, I do the same thing. I, and now I'm, I have a couple part-time staff that report to me and I try and try and do the same thing with them. If there's stuff that you want to do and we're doing it, yeah, it's yours. Like, why not? Let's, let's align it to where you want to go. And that's because that's what people did for me. And so I want to do that for them too. And that's something that working in a small office, you know, it's, it's hard because you can't hide behind anybody. Everybody knows where you are. Everybody knows what you're working on. Everybody knows how to find you, but they also know that they can depend on you for things. And, and, you know, not every day is, you know, butterflies and roses. You have, you know, hard days, you have days where you're like so overwhelmed because there's not enough people to get all the work done. And you have days when you're in the office till eight o'clock at night doing stuff that you were like, holy crap, this is not part of my job, but you're, you know, if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. And I always, I always show with people that my job is everything from, you know, I, I do our strategic marketing planning. I create all of our graphics and I defrost the fridge every year because somebody has got to do it. <laughs> so it's, and, and that's really the, the scope of what it's like working in a small organization. You have a lot of flexibility. I can work from home if I need to, I can, you know, I can flex my hours a little bit, but at the same time, it's like we're, you know, we, we pick our own holiday schedule, but at the same time, you know, somebody has got to defrost the fridge. Somebody has got to take out the garbage and yeah. you, know, you, you have to have a really good team around you. But if you find the right fit, it's going to be the best opportunity you could have. 
Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. You're such a great inspiration. I just wanted to say that and really has opened up our world to the small organization. Um, um, yeah, like world, I guess the, the atmosphere, the, the culture, um, I'm sure there's certain patterns of every smaller company, uh, organization, not just at Alveg, that is very similar where, where, where you get to immerse yourself in, in multiple different things. And like, really, I just thank you because we haven't, we, we haven't at least me, but have that openness to that. We always want to work for the five, 500, you know, the top 500 or um, big, big organizations that we all know, but they're, this country is run by small businesses as well. And we need that as well. So, and some students it might be the right fit for them. They just don't know it yet. So hopefully somebody that listening right now is able to put that into perspective for themselves, for their future. Um, so thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I am sure that this is going to go far beyond we can imagine for somebody at the sales who can listen to this right now. And I just wanted to let you, I just wanted to ask you, um, if there is anybody who wanted to know a little bit more about you or maybe wanted to connect with you, what is the best way that we can reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always, always, always happy to connect with students, especially to sales students, not that I'm biased. Uh, we do typically have internships available and I've had marketing interns, I've had event planning interns, I've had all everything in between. Um, so we are usually recruiting who knows what this spring is going to look like, but we right. are always looking for students. And I love having to sales students that intern with us because I know the process. I know to sales well. And uh, if they would like to reach out with to me, you know, LinkedIn, always, always an option or just reach out to me via my email. It's dyourgoski at gmail.com. You can always reach out to me there. And I'm always happy to talk to students about anything because honestly, the biggest piece of advice I would give to a student that's coming out of school is work your network and if you don't yeah. think you have a network, you do. Uh-huh. And if you don't have one, then go build one. And, and it right. sometimes is just reaching out to random alums and saying, hey, I, I just want to talk to you about my job search. And I've done that a number of times for students, you know, across the Albaya community, but always to sales students, I will always go back to you. Um, mm-hmm. Please reach out anytime. And, and I would love to talk to you about working in higher ed, working in a small nonprofit, working, you know, at a small organization. And yeah. I would also say, you know, try on a couple different things. I worked at a national organization as my second internship. I worked at Elvaic, you know, as, as sort of my, my starter <laughs> test job yeah. as a professional. And so, you know, find the right thing that works for you. Working at a national company wasn't great for me. I felt like I got lost in the shuffle, but you know, it, it, that might work for other people. And yeah. those are the, those are the people that your professors are bringing into your marketing classes to talk to you. So you have, you have a network and absolutely wow. use it. So I'm, I'm, speaking, speaking the truth here, (laughs) we can spread the word, come out and talk to me. And I'd I'd be happy to to offer any feedback or maybe even an internship if you're interested. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. Definitely. We'll take advantage of of this and this connection as well. Um, Again, thank you for your time. We wish you the best in your future career, whether you stay um, within the event planning and project management, or you go off to do write a book or something. I'm sure you have, <laughs> have so much potential. I think all of our Dis- uh, Disney, sorry, DSU alumni are um, filled with, with potential and so well prepared. So thank you. And this is Dana, everybody. We are so happy to have her and we will see you in, next ep- in the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>